everybody, and welcome to an anomalous wild ride with Stevo. And if you're wondering what anomalous means, it is that which deviates from the normal, the standard, and the expected. And that is what you're going to get today because there have been new developments in the UAP slash UFO world of phenomena. And we have, I'll dare say, breaking news from the foremost leading expert in these matters, Jeremy Corbell. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, people of the universe, I bring to you again, <laughs> Jeremy Corbell. And again, we have a special guest co-host, the star of Jackass, it is Dave England. Woohoo! I'm the star of Jackass. The star, yeah. Not one of the stars, the star. <laughs> yep. Just clarify. And speaking of stars, you have Scott Randolph. That's right. And wow. we're talking about UFOs in the skies. Yeah. Um last week we uh we, we might have rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. What'd you do? We uh, oh. we suggested. Why you read some of the comments? I no, Vinny told me about the, it. Uh, the thousands of comments. They're like L L L. Right. Um. It, but, but hey, who knows? Maybe that was good for engagement. And uh, if anybody listened to what we talked about, we were suggesting that uh, Aaron Rodgers and Cat Williams might have had a rough week. <laughs> but everybody universally agrees that Cat Williams got the dub. I came around on that. And there was a lot of pushback saying Aaron Rodgers did not catch an L. But, hey, you know what? Yeah. Well, all of the comments said that Aaron Rodgers didn't take an L. All of them. Then, yeah. I, guess we're, then I guess we're wrong. And I'll, I'll just admit we're? that I'm wrong again. You. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, Vinny, um, bless his heart, despite the fact that he's getting married uh, this last weekend. Week. We'll have gotten married last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, not missing a podcast, old Vinny. He's up there in the front. <laughs> off, he, he, he's getting married on Monday. Uh, congratulations, brother. Yeah, congratulations, yeah. Vinny. Thanks, guys. But enough. Enough about that. Let's get into the UFOs thing. Um, Jeremy, since the last time we saw you, we've become buddies. We shoot each other texts yeah. and stuff. You sent me a text about this TMZ Presents UFO... Uh, Revolution. Yeah. On that, Tubi. On Tubi. Yeah, yeah. That trailer was insane. Thanks, man. I watched the trailer. I've been watching the the series on Tubi. We had to talk to you again. <clears throat> I think you have UFO disease. I think that you now have an addiction to UFOs, and there are groups for that. Uh, I will run that for you. We can do FaceTimes weekly or daily, whatever you need. Um, I'm stoked to see you again, man. Uh, I did not expect to see you again so soon. Right. This is the first time I'm sitting down long form to talk about this. It's been a hell of a week. You know, I've been planning for more than three and a half years to try to get some of this information out. The The special is really cool, like the UFO revolution. Of course, I haven't watched the whole thing, but I saw the edits and, mm -hmm. you know, it's really personal for me. And, and I haven't really let people in before on that. But I think what it does is it kind of peels back the layer of like, you know, what does it mean to do this shit? And, and how do you get it done? Uh, and I think that's important for people to see because it, it kind of demystifies a lot of what people think. You know, who's this guy? This yeah. idiot bearded guy obtaining military filmed UFO footage. So I think it, it kind of peels back that layer and lets people in a little bit. And I think that's powerful because they can let go of stupid ideas. 
I mean, do you? Uh, I saw you. I was just watching the Y Files. You, you know the YouTube oh, channel. Oh, dude, I've seen that. They yeah, that referenced guy's dude. you yesterday. They were playing your clips on the episode last really? night. Really? Yeah. Yeah. When Wicked. I was with Steve and I. Yeah, was I like that the one guy. with the the guy's got the little goldfish. Yeah, I've, yeah. Hecklefish. I love that I fucking one. love that. Yeah, yeah. I've it's seen good. it. I love it. That's so cool. I just don't have time to like. I, like when you were talking earlier, it's like hieroglyphics to me. I, I I don't understand popular culture. I don't watch a lot of stuff, but I have seen the Y Files. It's pretty cool. Y Files is cool. Yeah, um, you mentioned how this uh, this Tubi three part series TMZ investigates TMZ presents yeah UFO revolution. You said that that it gave a personal yeah kind of glimpse into your life yeah. And I saw on there that you described how uh, UFO uh, it's it's more of a hobby for you that it's that, that you have a job. Oh, and yeah, yeah. your job isn't about UFOs. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, it's not a hobby. It's an obsession. I'm an addict for UFOs like you now. <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, so I think that is one of the things that it reveals in the show. And uh, again, I have to watch the final cut. But yeah, I mean, the, I have put more money and time and just, you know, energy into investigating this topic th than I'll ever get back out from it. Um, yeah, I do have a job. I'm self-employed, but I mean, look, I've been self-employed since I was, you know, 16 years old. So, you know, doing jujitsu and that kind of thing. And then all the way up through, uh, well, I mean, I was polishing silver and painting the braces <laughs> off of my enemies and their zits when you didn't have Photoshop. And I was working in a photo lab in a basement for summer to buy a Mustang. But, uh, my whole life I've been self-employed. So my wife and I got into real estate the smartest thing I ever did was listen to her, but also invest what I earned all those years of training jujitsu and teaching jujitsu into property. So I guess they revealed that a little bit in the episode that, yeah, this is not like how I put food on my table. Right. You said you're out more money than you put in. Yeah. I mean, look, I, it's hard for people to grasp if they've never made a documentary in the way in which I do, but like, I don't get paid to come on these interviews. I, sure. I don't get paid to do news hits. Um, my films, some, the, the Bob Lazar film took me legitimately nine years. Mm. So imagine all that time. And it, it's, you know, once we started filming for that, that's a whole nother thing that was rapid pace, but all the trips, all the work, getting to know people, moving that on. Yeah. I'll never recover all of that. Uh, I'm not complaining. That's just how it is. So I think that's important for people to understand that, you know, I do this because I love it and because I want to understand more. And I, I'm greedy. I'm selfish. I want to know more, more than I want to tell other people. So, so that's been my focus for, for, you know, a long time now. And so there's stuff that you haven't gotten out and that it's come, it, it came out in this UF, UFO revolution. A couple of things have come out in this. Yeah. What I haven't gotten out, I just haven't gotten out yet. But yeah, we got two new or three new major assets, I call them products so military filmed ufo footage or imagery and in this series you know i my priority is to protect sources even if they don't protect themselves and that is that is a, a delicate dance in this series i was able to release uh two very important ufo cases how do you know that they're actual military couldn't you photoshop like crosshairs and yeah, sure you could switch it to thermal to not, but like, do you have a some sort of a a way to suss that out? 
yeah, why did it take me three and a half years to feel confident putting this out to the public? Because, yeah, I'm fastidious is the word someone just taught me fastidious. with my work. I don't know what it means. It basically means like <laughs> attention to detail. But like, yeah, man, uh, you could fake anything these days. And that's the problem, right? You could fake any footage. So I usually and typically require about three times that I get a piece of footage. And I get it anonymously and I set it up that way. I don't want a source that I'm talking with. I don't want to know who gave me video. That's a legal issue. So does I make sure they not, send it to me. Does that not uh, call into question the credibility if you don't? I mean, you know the source. You're just not going to share the source. So, but it, it's not a source. See, that's the thing. What I'm saying is uh, it takes usually about three times for me to get a product, right? Like a military filmed video. Then what I do is through my own channels, not through connections that sources give me, I, I mean, I have sources in the DOD, the DOJ, the CIA, the FBI. I mean, you name it. And I'm not bragging. I'm I'm actually making a threat right now. I, 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 no, no. Because here's the I'm deal. Here. Here's the deal. I'll know if there's fuckery. And, and so any engagement I've ever had with agencies, they know too that I will know if there's fuckery. I'll find out if there's an active investigation. Of course, there are active investigations into what George Knapp and I have released. And good for them. It's an important job. The idea that if people leak stuff, you got to plug those leaks. I get it. But as a journalist, the First Amendment, the idea of freedom of press mm -hmm. for public good. So I feel maybe I'm ignorant, but I feel protected because everybody I've ever talked to in agencies, their biggest fear is that other countries will compromise, will blackmail so they can get shit before I vetted it for national security. I've never done nothing wrong. So the whole idea is when you get this stuff, how do you vet it? How do you know? How do you know it's not fake? Well, there's a lot of ways to do that. But here's what I tell people. First conversation, if you're a source and you call me, I say, have patience on me. Don't give up on me. I'm on cosmic time, not on your time. <laughs> Seriously. And I develop relationships over years with people. I then do my own vetting through my own sources, not through who sources give me sources. And then I bring it to George Knapp when I feel it's a good case. And he does his own process through his own contacts that he's made for over 40 years. If I put something out, you can bet your fucking ass that it is legit and that it is worth putting out to the public for debate. Very cool. Um, when you sent me the trailer for the, the 2B three-part series, <clears throat> Um, they, there's kind of a lot of emphasis on people being in danger, people's lives being threatened. People, sure. David Grush, yeah, David, right. right. And the last time we spoke to you, <laughs> uh, you seemed pretty laid back about about the whole idea of being a target, being in danger. Yeah. You know, like um, um, in the in the series itself, you you said that you're safe because you're a journalist. If you want to be safe, I think we can all agree that being a journalist with integrity might help. But what I think really helps more than anything is to take supplements that boost all of your body's function. And the best supplements in the market brought to you by Momentus. These are supplements that can be trusted because they're used by over 90% of the teams in the NFL. They're developed and used by the legendary Andrew Huberman and yours truly, Steve-O.
Now, when you go to livemomentous.com, you'll see that they have all these different bundles of supplements for different things, like sleep. You got to know sleep is humongously important to me. So this little sleep bundle right here is my bedtime, 30 to 60 minutes before I go to bed so that I get maximum REM sleep, and you know how important REM sleep is. And I'll have you know that I'm sleeping better than ever thanks to this stuff. But to start off my day, I've got everything to boost my cognitive ability, the alpha-GPC, the tyrosine, and omega-3, which is for brain health. And I added in acetyl-L-carnitine for metabolism and muscle support. So there you have it, folks. And if you want to get 20% off your order, you go to livemomentous.com. That's L-I-V-E. M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S dot com and use the promo code Stevo. Again, that gets you 20% off your order and you're in the supplement game with the best in the business. So join me and Andrew Huberman by doing that and let's get back to it. Do you still feel that way? If you remember specifically what I told you is that I use that term as a shield. You know, yeah. I'm a journalist because I say I am, because I break news, because I bring stuff forward. I don't know the letter of the law, but I know the spirit of the law. So, you know, look, in one sense, it, it, it's a front. Don't fuck with me. I will push that button. But on, so, so I'm not minimizing that. I'm not minimizing what I have heard from sources. I'm not minimizing what they've experienced. There are active inspector general complaints against what has been done to people like David Grush. And it is diabolical. And it, it involves physical danger. Me, myself, everybody seems to pretend they're my friend. So the thing is, is I've never, um, I don't feel the need to publicly talk about the, the pressure that I feel, you know, in protecting sources and myself. Right. I'm not going to minimize it, though. This is a secret and it's, it's treated at a level, UFOs is treated at a level higher than weapons of mass destruction meaning that there's a threat somehow in the mind of intelligence agencies, <clears throat> how they come at, how they try to silence people. It can be compromising journalists, like just even on Twitter and like getting them to like try to discredit people. Character assassination, which we saw with David Grush. Yeah. With his PTSD, he's so fucking stupid. He got over it. A lot of people fucking murder themselves because of, you know, PTSD. They're, they're so yeah. limp dick, these, these kinds of things, but there's more. There's other ways that people can be pressured and other ways that can be threatened. And yeah, George Knapp and I have our own stories and one day we'll, we will tell that and I've documented everything. But I, I don't think that's important right now. What's important is for people to have courage. How we treat our whistleblowers right now is going to determine what we learn about the UFO topic within the next year. So they did show that a little bit in the series, like you said. But I, I don't dwell on it, man. You know, I, I feel like if you're doing the right thing, you're trying to, you know, right. then you're on the right fucking path. Okay. What about all these threats and danger? Is it all from the U S government or other, other entities or. Yeah, man, it, it's, it's really dynamic. So I'm going to try to answer you like really directly. Um, I have to be, I have to dance a little bit, but I'm trying to answer you really directly. There are many interests to, and I'm going to say this real clear, shape the emerging UAP narrative. In quotes, imagine that in a document from an intelligence agency, okay? So what that means is 
the the threats are like, well, is my family going to be okay? Am I going to lose a clearance? Right. So for people that are in the military, you know, will I be defamed to the point like they tried with David Grush, where no one's going to hire the guy? Always buy someone representing the U.S. government. I mean, it's not like Elizabeth Warren's assistant is coming after you, right? So so no, yeah, because who who are the holders of the secrets? Remember, a lot of this technology is, is said to have been put into private industry. So think like you think about like big tobacco. I mean, they did some diabolical shit to people that were blowing the whistle. This is more important and bigger than that. So when you move something into private industry, they have their own kind of rules of engagement. So is it always the U.S. government? No, most everybody in the U.S. government wants to know what's going on. But when you move things into private industry and you give them power, they can operate by different rules. Now, of course, they are defense contractors, right? But that, that those threats, that pressure, that shut up, silence, don't talk about this, we're going to mock you. It comes from mechanisms w- within private industry. It feeds down to social media. And then people are co-opted by our intelligence agencies. Do you remember Project Mockingbird that came out uh, back in the day in Congress? Sounds vaguely familiar. It's where they opt journalists, where they grab them, they pay them, or they threaten them. The CIA was doing this, and this is like not a conspiracy. This is like a real thing that happened. And it came out back in the day with a, a, a very important event that occurred in Congress, which we'll talk about later. But that is real, and that happens. Now, personally, I have something wrong with my brain. I am just... I dropped my last fuck a long time ago. I am not going to endanger national security, but I am definitely going to pursue this and tell the truth. So so I, I'm not too worried about it, but I've seen other people harmed. What they did to David Grush was fucking horrible. But the thing is, he was ready for it. The first conversation I had with him is, what dirt are they going to pull up and how are they going to hurt you? Because they're going to. Yeah. If what you're saying is true, they're going to. He came to me and George first. Now, for anybody who's not clear, <clears throat> David Grush is the guy who we all saw <clears throat> testify in front of Congress yeah. <clears throat> saying that they, they have uh, non-human bio, biologics. Oh, yeah. You got it. Meaning, non-human. Meaning, meaning that he testified under oath that the U.S. government is in possession of actual anonymous aircraft plus non-human biologic meaning like uh effectively alien, entities alien pilots of of uh these crafts are they live or dead still so they would be dead f- f- right first of all <laughs> check this out first of all the reason we use non-human intelligence when we're talking about this is because we don't want to make presumptions is it et extraterrestrial is it extra dimensional is it ai right is it, yeah, or it but could just be from an AI from where a, right a hidden intelligence oh, that's called ultra terrestrial right like uh some people that have been here longer than <clears> us <throat> are they piloting the craft sometimes they are are the craft run with an artificial intelligence so it's a drone that's a great word for a drone sure all and yes and of the above yes and time travelers extra temporal so so we could go through there's like four or five big theories on where these things come from but why you say non-human intelligence is because you're just trying to like leave the door open and not make an assumption like an idiot right you know where it comes from right now there are people that claim that they know and all that stuff and i will tell you this the craft that we have obtained our government specifically the dia the head of the dia program <coughs> defense What's intelligence the DIA? so 
The DIA is an intelligence agency. It's called the Defense Intelligence Agency. It was admitted that they had a UFO program. You heard about it in the New York mm-hmm. Times. They called it a different name, but you heard about it. That was the 2017 article. Yeah, A-TIP they called it, right? But the, the main program, the mother program, was called AWSAP. I had the head of the DIA UFO program come on my podcast with George Knapp called Weaponized, mm-hmm. and he admitted that they had a craft, that they obtained a craft, just one, he admitted to one, and that they breached the whole of it. It wasn't made by us, wasn't China, wasn't Russia. So they call it non-human intelligence, right? Because we're not exactly sure, or I'm not exactly sure, where the, the pilots or the operators of the craft are from. But that is fact. He got authorized to say it through a Dopser request, which just means he asked the government, hey, what can I talk about? You know, I'm writing books. So, But he admitted it on the show. And Did that's just say one. where he found it? Well, he didn't find it. He was the, the head of the, the program studying it. So you got people studying the craft. But let me get back to the point, which is that where are they from? What is their intent? Those are the big questions. But we can't even get there unless we come to consensus reality that we got these craft. And I'll tell you something about the craft and why I think they're not from here, from Earth, is because the structure, the way they're built, they are capable of beyond interstellar travel. So anybody that's ever worked in these programs who I do continue to talk to, who are currently in them, and people that have been in them say the craft themselves are capable of, you say faster than speed, faster than light, but that's not the case. They're gravitationally propelled. So they warp space-time, but they're capable structurally of moving you know, within solar systems and beyond. Yeah. Interstellar would be going to other suns and... So why would you make a Ferrari if you're just, you know, at home in your driveway, never going to leave the gate, right? So that tells me something. That tells me they're probably from another star system, but there might be multiple things going on. There could be some that are like that. There could be some that are interdimensional, people say. I don't know what that means, but I kind of understand. Yeah, that seems like it makes sense. What's the leading theory on where aliens are from? Well, the, the leading theory from the people that actually work in these UFO, reverse engineering, exploitation programs for derivative technologies, wow. unpack that shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> what they say is that they get conflicting ideas, meaning there might be more than like one group of other people from other places coming here. So it could be all of the above in the kitchen sink. I don't know. That's what this is all about. If this is real, let's start talking about it. That the idea that I got as far as why the government takes this so seriously and why the government's been so secretive, I kind of just heard the message that the government was embarrassed to admit that what they know about this anomalous, uh, you know, craft, all this UFO stuff is that. It is a technology so far advanced beyond anything that we as humans are capable of. It defies everything scientifically that, that, that we even understand. And as such, if this phenomena was to turn hostile, the, the, the government is well aware that it cannot defend its own skies it cannot defend its own people that like if if this anomalous 
phenomena turns you, hostile. They can, just, they can just, you can see, even say aliens, whatever. Yeah. Someone, someone else. Yeah. They can just, they can kick our ass. There's nothing we can do about it. And we're at it. their mercy, for sure. Sure. And, and the government was embarrassed to admit that. And, okay. and that's why they wanted to keep a lid on it all. That, that's what I gained. It would cause mass hysteria, too, if they announced, hey, there's aliens and they could take us out at any moment. Now, let's be realistic. Causing mass hysteria does not have to be a bad thing. If you've got the right idea, then why not build the right website and the right e-commerce business to take advantage of mass hysteria in a positive way? And that's what Shopify is all about. It is the gold standard for websites. No matter what stage your business is in, even if you don't have a business, it is the easiest and most professional way to build a website. And once you have done that, it is the gold standard in setting up business for your website. I use it so much, check it out. I've got this little plaque for having 100,000 orders completed through Shopify at stevo.com. Very proud of that. I'm very grateful for Shopify because no matter what it is you're trying to accomplish, Shopify is the way to make it happen. And they've got a $1 per month trial period that you cannot go wrong with. So you go to shopify.com slash stevo, all lowercase. You try this out for $1 a month so that you can find out firsthand how easy it is to build a website with them and how completely comprehensive it is to integrate any facet for e-commerce business. I can't recommend it enough. It's the secret to my success. And this $1 trial period offer is yours if you go to shopify.com slash Stevo, all lowercase. So get to it and let's get back to it. And, 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 and so then the like we can deduce that since that's the case that it is in fact not hostile that there is let me show, let me talk about the different sides of the coins on that right like at least three sides right um the original reason for not only the secrecy but the laugh factor you know making people smart people don't talk about this they never said they didn't exist. If you go back to the old interviews that you see in the series, they start with these like news segments. Mm -hmm. They always say they're not a threat to national security, whatever they are. They're not saying they don't exist. Now the government has admitted they do exist. Why would you keep it secret? Let me defend both sides. First, if you're like technologically advancing, you're like, this is a new phenomenon. We could get a derivative technology and we would be ahead of the game. Whoever wins, I mean, or whoever discovers how to replicate this tech, they fucking win. Game over. They will be the power, most powerful nation on planet Earth instantaneously. You know how the atom bomb, it was, a, it was, it was used to stop the war. That was, that was the idea, right? Yeah. You show the power, everybody pauses, humanity pauses, and they go, oh shit, let's not keep doing this. So whoever gets the ability to replicate these propulsion systems it can be weaponized. And if you have a weapon like that, it's game over. So if I was the government, I'd be like, holy shit, we already got the mechanisms in place because of the atomic program to keep this shit compartmentalized and secret. So let's do that till we figure out what's going on because we need the technological advantage so that we don't get duped 
by another country who is also working on it, China and Russia. And <laughs> but also, what, what about the you know like the atomic bomb could have been? Who's to say that wasn't provided by aliens? Well, let's let's get to that kind of idea in a second. Okay. Let's let's go through why you'd keep a secret. I want to defend both sides. So there are good people in the U.S. government that thought like that. That were like, oh, dude, we better get a handle on this because because we could be screwed national security and then you've got other people that say well wait a second here uh to admit that there is a force there are people that have craft that can outmaneuver outperform our greatest weaponry that we don't have 360 air dominance 24 7 at all times globally that is something you don't want to be telling your enemies or even your own country so i understand the secrecy from that point of view Right. Problem is, people keep seeing UFOs. Well, they what was interesting to me was when the guy said, um, "He's like, at what percentage, you know, are we allowed to talk about?" And he's like, five percent." So, like, who said well, that? No, no, about five percent of UFO sightings go reported by the Air yeah. Force. Oh Thank hell you. yeah! I mean, I, I would say even less than that. I mean, because pilots are seeing them every day. I get calls every day from people that it would shock the world. It would shock people to know who's had direct contact with these UFOs. Uh, it would really shock people. And, and they're never coming forward ever <clears throat> because that laugh factory, because you know they'd be ridiculed. They're not wrapped so tight. Well, luckily that's a 50s mentality. We're now at the point where you can say, okay, I've seen something. But when you have footage, infrared, thermal, when you have radar, and it's not just Uncle Jim anymore in his airplane being like, I saw something. Now the sensor systems, the sensor packages are becoming so just um, powerful that we can capture these things and get so much more data. That's why you're seeing a lot of military footage from me because it's much much better than an iPhone. So so back. Is it though? It is because that's the criticism: is that with all of the advancements yeah. of our uh, camera technology, still. What what the what the one news reporter said? Why does it look like every like a video of UFOs was filmed on a baked potato? Yeah. So Neil deGrasse Tyson even uh, shocked me with his ignorance on this. You know, these are multi-million-dollar weapons platforms, not iPhones. This is not an Instagram photo. Let me just give me a second. Let me break this down. This is so fucking important. Okay. Have you seen a whole shitload? of high quality thermal imagery of UFOs filmed by our government before I started releasing them back in, you know, maybe whatever year I started releasing them? The answer is no, you didn't. So the thing is, we are not only capturing them now on all these other platforms, but let's really address the problem here. Our technology is getting better. First of all, this is an intelligence. If they made these craft and they're advanced, it's an intelligence. So like, I know when you're trying to record me, I know if you have a Nest camera, I can see it. So I'm aware of your technology. What says they're not aware of ours and our evolution as, in, as human beings? The other thing is the iPhone, bro, that is not what you're seeing on the videos I'm releasing. And let me explain the difference. You got an iPhone, you pull it out, shoot the moon, go ahead, take a picture, see what you see, right? What you're seeing in these videos is you're seeing these layered sensor systems. So you're seeing heat signature, thermal, that's the black and white. You're seeing infrared, and an infrared is a light spectrum outside of what the, or it's an amplification of light oftentimes outside of what the eye can see. So if I take my NVGs, night vision goggles, hold them up like that to the sky, the sky is littered with suns, stars, littered with suns. Your eye can't pick that up. 
but the NVG can. So when you film through that, wow, you can see whole spectrums of light. You can even film in the ultraviolet. You can get radar returns. You get optic systems are so powerful. So that is a false argument that people make. They don't understand what they're talking about. Even Neil deGrasse Tyson, which really made me sad. We need a voice like him, but he, you know, he needs to like start thinking and not just talking. So here's the deal. We are seeing better footage of UFOs. They're being leaked to me. They are thermal, infrared. They are in spectrums of light that are layered. There's something called full motion video, which layers all these spectrums together in color at night. Your iPhone can't do that yet. So as we progress with technology, and thank you for letting me explain this and do this rant, your patience, I appreciate it. We're on cosmic time. You, thank you, we are. <clears throat> You're going to fucking see a lot more, man. They're everywhere. Yeah. The, the, the pesky thing about UFOs is they won't go away. Is this a good segue to show the clip of the... The, the weirdest UFO clip I've ever seen in my life? Yeah. yeah, let's show it. And this is never before seen? Yeah, it came out in the series. Yeah. And, and it, 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 Dave, you want to check this out? Over yeah, there? come over there. Yeah, just play it and we'll narrate over it. This is the... that looks like one of the jellyfish ones. <clears throat> Can you see it? <clears throat> um, sit here. Now, for people who criticize the uh, you know resolution, the quality of the video of, of UFOs, it, it all looks to me a, a little bit like when they when they show uh, footage of drone strikes from the like you know when you, when you see a a missile hit a target like yeah. on the news and they're showing war footage, it's the same type. Okay, of let, let me, this is the highest fidelity footage. So the clearest footage from thermal that you'll see is from a, an aerostat, which is a weapon or a targeting weapons platform above these bases to stop incursions. They'll strap like bombs onto drones. And these guys are highly trained. They're like, this is a, tra they, they go through this training. They're like, here's what a trash bag floating in the air looks like through this thermal sensor. Here's what a balloon looks like. These guys know yeah. that because they've been trained. I've, all that stuff out. I have seen their training briefings. I know for sure. So what, what, what's interesting to me, so first of all, a few things let's break down. You notice how the, the video is a little skewed. Obviously, whoever leaked it to me, and by the way, it was leaked to me multiple times. They filmed the screen. Yeah, they filmed the screen, and that's probably in a skiff, and that's illegal, and you know that's why I protect sources. I don't want to know who sent it to me, but I get it a bunch of times, and I start calling people, get first-hand witnesses. So what you're seeing there, it's so funny, these debunkers. These are not critics. Like Debunkers and critics are different. Debunkers exclude information to fit their agenda. Critics look at something critically. I am way more critical of videos than people think. So... What you're seeing here, people are saying, oh, that's a smudge on the lens. Well, first of all, I know after three and a half years, it's not a smudge on the lens. And that was immediately debunked by, yeah, dude, you can, somebody took the video and you can see the object rotating. So it's like, it's incredible to me the things they'll say, like it's birds, it's uh, bird poop on a lens. So it's not, that is an object. And it's changing, um, you know, darkness to lightness. Well, that's important. The it's, the, it's the cold, hot. So it's changing yes, temperature. Brother. And if you did film this with an iPhone, it would be nice and crisp and everything, but there would be not an object. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see you would it. See no, no, you wouldn't see it. It would be yeah. black. Is this because, nighttime yes, or daytime? This is night. So, so nobody on the, 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 that's in the area can see this with their eye? That's one of the trippiest things. So nobody noticed it. Nobody saw it. In fact, an alert went out. They shut off the feed to two other countries. I've talked to everybody that was, Shit. not everybody, tons of people that were there that day, that night. And... Not only that, but they sent out people with night vision, which is a different spectrum of light. It's not thermal, and it was invisible. It's not they, they, they knew where it was. 
it was invisible. So that's like called signature management. So that is a, a real problem. So this thing is turning from hot to cold in the thermal spectrum, couldn't be seen through night vision, which is just a spectrum of light the human eye can't quite see. It's an amplification of light. Nobody saw it also visually. No one noticed it. The dogs, the people, everybody. And by the way, this is a, this is a base within a base where this is filmed. This, this is really lucky, the American... Afghanistan? So, no, so this was... Um, I think I can say now more about it. Th this object came in through a base that was a joint operations base run by the United States, the Navy, a couple agencies, and a, an aerospace contractor. And the, they were the clients of the base at this time. This object went through this base within a base and then went out over Lake Habania. I think that's how you say it. And uh, that it was uh, moving out over the water. And that's the footage that I'm going to release a little bit more of very mm -hmm. soon. It's like it moving over the water. The thing is, is I can't explain now why. Well, where's Lake Habania? Uh, so that is uh, right over Iraq. So this is, yeah, sorry, I didn't answer. So the country is Iraq. Mm -hmm. And it was at a U.S. joint operations base, but a base within a base run by those contractors and agencies I told you. And Nobody's getting in there. I'm not flying a drone in there without it getting fucking shot to shit. Dude. Can you believe this guy, Scott Randolph, thinks he's going to go and perpetrate behavior that's frowned upon and expect to have no consequences whatsoever? That is naive and misguided, because I will tell you, if you perpetrate behavior that's frowned upon, you should expect consequences and swift ones at that. And that is why it is so important to finally drop the bad habit that makes people look down upon you with a frown. I think you know what I'm talking about. And man, I've got the way to drop the bad habit by replacing it with the good one, and it is called fume. Fume is a diffusive device which simply flavors air. So you can trade in that dangerous chemical with flavored air. You can trade in that embarrassing bad habit with a good one. And now, candidly, I love this so much. My fume is always in my pocket. And if you see me anywhere, ask me if it's in my, say you got your fume in your pocket. And if I don't, I will shoot a little shout out video for you and all your buddies. And if I'm honest, every single person who has said, do you have your fume in your pocket? Even though I did, I shot that video for him anyway, because that's the kind of guy I am. I love it, and I think you're going to love it too. And they've got a special deal for the listeners of the Wild Ride podcast. If you go to tryfume.com, that's T-R-Y-F-U-M.com slash Stevo, and use the promo code Stevo, you're going to get 10% off your order, and that is in addition to their buy one, get one deal on the flavored cores. That is the core in the middle, which flavors the air. You buy one, you get one. So one more time, go to tryfume.com slash Stevo, and use the promo code Stevo to get on your journey to a healthier, happier you. Now let's get back to it. These guys on a daily basis assess this. They target with this system. You can shoot uh, an Al-Qaeda or an ISIS tire out of a moving vehicle. You can track it and target it at 23 miles or more. 
And it, it's never failed, the system. That's why it's so high fidelity, high quality thermal. It's never failed. They track it and they blow up and return to sender bombs. So if somebody puts like a bomb on a drone and flies it over the wall, an incursion, right? First time the world is ever seeing an incursion of a true UAP designated by our government in a conflict zone. First time we get footage of that film by the military, that's what you're seeing. Now, the problem is, is that they couldn't lock the system that they believe it was active jamming. The people that were there that day, they believe that this object was um, somehow inhibiting their targeting system from locking. So they, they had to optically slew the camera, optically follow it, which is a big part of the story, right? But yes, they blow up and they return to sender. It's a really funny term they use. <laughs> Uh, the bombs that come mm -hmm. over and it's a real like danger funny style return to center bro you bringing me a bomb take it back and sign for it bam <laughs> you know so anyway so that's what you're seeing now it is the strangest morphology you know shape of a ufo that i've ever seen the jellyfish the jelly and i call it the jellyfish because of what it did at the <coughs> end which i have not provided footage for yet mm -hmm. but it did something it went transmedium went into the water we'll talk about that in a sec but the shape of it let's just talk about that why we call it the jellyfish? Some people on base were calling it the spaghetti monster, right? So here's the deal. The jellyfish morphology of UFOs has been reported since the beginning of UFO sightings. Just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean that, it, that, that that's a new thing. If you look at like a John Keel book called uh, Operation Trojan Horse, one of the first shapes he lists for known UFOs is jellyfish. The reason that I dubbed it that rather than the spaghetti monster, which was pretty cool, is because it went into the water. So what you're not seeing in the footage I provided, and maybe one day that footage will go public, today is not that day, mm -hmm. but I will tell you it does and was filmed and the object does this. It goes out over Lake Habania, if I'm saying it right. It stops on a dime. It descends stiff into the water. And for 17 minutes, operators were told to track the area so they did they panned out they watched the object does a controlled ascent up out of the water after 17 minutes and then shoots off at 45 degrees it wasn't instantaneous motion but it was a rapid acceleration mm -hmm. to the point where the camera couldn't track it anymore after like 30 miles away that did happen there is footage of it and i do hope that one day people get to see that i am not in a position to release that, but I am testifying to you and take that for whatever you want that footage. Exists. Why not? What are you waiting for? Yeah. I am going to, uh, so I don't have that footage. It's not in the safe. I'm going back. To I, okay. What's safe? <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't have that footage to provide to the public. Uh, however, I know precisely where it exists mm -hmm. and I will be informing people within government exactly where to look people that have been lied to i will be doing that straight up and yeah. then it's up to them can they declassify it? can they get it out but i will be doing that it's right. interesting about the flying spaghetti monster name because there's a religion that's mostly tongue-in-cheek have you ever heard of it I, it's vaguely now yeah being so it's like their their god is a flying spaghetti with meatballs <laughs> so for eyes and so i wonder if maybe there's some connection where you know, someone, that's the reason they oh, named it that. Marines, yeah, that. Marines are creative individuals, man. So they were like, you know, they, but I'll tell you this, what it looked like 
So the people that I know that had the closest uh, view and the most direct view as it's being filmed, when you got close into it, 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 the, the things hanging down, like the tendrils, whatever the words, the things that appeared to be hanging down, they were, it was stiff. There was, there was no yeah, movement. No on them. Weird. They, they had geometric attachments. It, it was a sort of geometric attachments. And the word, the exact words used to describe it to me is that it, like, like uh, armor and scales. Those were the two words, like yeah. scales. So whatever this was, was was made. It's not just a bunch of floating fucking balloons. I mean, these guys are trained to know the difference. Of course, debunkers say, it's bird shit on the lens, it's balloons. And, you know, look, I can't shoot moron out of someone's head, so they just got to live with that. But this is not those things. This is a UAP, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, or UFO. Now, what it is, where it's from, what the intent, who made it, don't know. Maybe there's a terrestrial answer. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we uh, what we don't talk about a lot is the <clears throat> UFOs that are living under the sea. And I was just thinking that same thing. They were doing the Y files yesterday on this. It's the, the Bermuda USO. 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 Look at you. Wow. And so they Un- unidentified submerged oh. object, and they said it's around the Bermuda Triangle, and and they don't know what it's it's run by. But yeah. the Y files Atlantis. And it, it could it could have been Atlantis, but also what was really fascinating was they had uh, Christopher Columbus his diary. Yeah, he had a sighting. That's right. And he Great. had a sighting, and that he said a light was under the water. Like, yep. there's no lights in fucking fourteen seventy whatever. USOs is something that I was from the highest ranking military individuals that I've ever spoken with in private over a decade ago. I was urged to know and understand and look at. That UFOs are one thing, unidentified flying object, but USOs are the core of what's going on. That's what was conveyed to me. Now, why that's important. Why did we change it to UAP instead of UFO? Unidentified flying object, now unidentified anomalous phenomena? Okay, here's why. Because they are what's called all domain. We track UFOs with satellites pointed outward in space. We track UFOs in air. And we track UFOs under the water, all domain, space, air, and sea. Mm-hmm. Unidentified anomalous phenomena covers all domain. So that's why they did that. Once something breaches those different you know, areas, they call it transmedium when there's no inertial effect, or they call it transmedium if it can do that, go between all three. So you see no inertial effect, which is no slowdown from space to air to sea. And a good example of that, would be the Tic Tac UFO event with Commander David Fravor, my good old friend and buddy, and the guy that filmed it, Commander Chad Underwood. It's the most famous UFO case ever now. What people forget is the Tic Tac UFO wasn't one object. It was a series of weeks of tracking things dropping from outer space down to sea level in less than a second without a sonic boom transmedium no inertial effect no sonic boom so that was happening during that whole thing of the tic-tac ufo event series but remember this people might not have caught my first report george and i broke that story before the new york times there was something under the water for sure there it was docking they were docking was the word told me it was something a uso under the water can they have they tracked them moving at high speed underwater yes 100 percent. so there's the resistance of the water isn't an issue correct is this the one where the tic tac video actually has there are four more minutes of the video that's the gimbal 
And I'll, I'll explain to you yeah. the difference. 2015 was the gimbal. 2004 was the Tic Tac. In 2015 was the gimbal and the Go Fast. Those releases. The gimbal is that one that mechanically rotates against the wind, and you hear the pilot saying, "Like holy shit, 120,000." There's, there's a fleet of them. Yeah. Right. So what he's saying, and I know to be true, is that in that footage where you see the gimbal rotating, it looks like the Bob Lazar flying saucer. I mean, it's like shaped like a saucer. When it rotates, in front of it is, I think, five other objects that were kind of like, um, what do you call it when you when you you go along like a caravan, a UFOs or something, escorts, right? A they're, flock. They're, a flock. I don't know what you call it, like a, a flock of UFOs. UFOs. A flap. Um, yeah. So there, there, it, there were on that day. There were other UFOs in front of that one, and there's four extra minutes of footage that hasn't been released to the public. And again, I'm not in a position to release that. I do believe that if we put enough pressure, maybe the DOD and the government will declassify that and put it forward. That's what we're fighting for. But hell yeah, dude, that was the gimbal. It's a, it's a good case. What do you think is the, maybe some speculation on why whatever these things that are um, driving the crafts, why do they want to be so secretive? Like, why are they hiding themselves from us? Yeah, speculation mode, right? Because I, I don't have direct communication yeah, with the aliens. You know, I don't know who's operating them. But um, he, here's what I notice. What I notice is that the pattern that we have seen through human history has been one of observation and not direct intervention, typically. There are cases of intervention. You go all the way back in history to like Alexander the Great and like basically like shields of fire, like beaming down wall to break it through so he can invade. I don't know. I wasn't there. That's history, right? But in modern history, you have these UFOs landing and communicating with, with the children. You have the aerial school event, which is powerful. I know the two girls that yeah. were standing right there by these beings. That was in Africa? Yeah, yeah I keep messing this up. The the exact country that it was, uh, Zimbabwe. I think Zimbabwe. Botswana. It was Rua. I don't know. I've been I've been to Africa a bunch, man, and I got confused. I, was just I think it's Zimbabwe. Around. I watched a documentary. Yeah, yeah, it was Zimbabwe. What... Yeah. So so basically, the, these um, children at the time, Liesl and Salma, they're incredible human beings. They were like within a meter, like yeah. three plus feet of these beings. But my point is this, is that there seems to be an observational program uh, that is the primary thing. Now, some people say that's prep in the battlefield. Some people say they're studying us. Look, we're the greatest show in the solar system, planet Earth. I mean, come on, man. We got it all. War, fucking fighting the Kardashians. We got everything, right? So why wouldn't you watch us? Now, do you go up to an ant hill and do you like talk with the ants? No, you you know, you study them. What do you do to cattle? You feed them, you water them, you give them antibiotics and you fucking eat them. So yeah. I don't know what is going on but I do know that there is direct contact with a lot of people. And what's said to them has kind of been ubiquitous. They, they, they kind of repeat the same kind of stuff, whoever these people are that are flying these things. Now, can we trust what they tell us? Oh, fuck no, man. Trust is earned. And if you're not revealing yourselves, you're not revealing yourselves. The true architects of the secrecy would be the visitors themselves. You should read a book called Childhood's End by Arthur C. Clarke. You know who he is? Arthur C. Clarke was a guy, like a futurist. He like predicted the internet. has got some great books. One's called Childhood's End. And in that book, he's got these craft. And what they do is they post up in the sky. And for generations, they just sit there, acclimate humanity to their presence. Because they got a little dirty secret 
that they that they know it's going to be hard to breach the second they meet humans. I don't want to ruin the book, but they look like fucking demons. Wow. So I don't know and why. The message that the aliens that visited that school in Africa gave to the children was, you're trashing the planet. Yeah. You have to change this. And that was so much before that was a thing in, in humanity, right? I asked um, Liesl, one of the two girls, like, why do you think you were shown that? By the way, it was like a projection in their minds and it was like mesmerizing. Like they, the second they turned to their friends, it, it disappeared. So if you believe them or not, it did happen. But if you believe them or not, like I asked her, why do you think they said that to you? You know, it'd be weird. Like, I don't know what, and I, if I was an alien, I don't know what I would say to somebody. I'd probably give them a t-shirt or something. Why did you <laughs> say that? What are you supposed to do with that? And then you made a good point. It was so long ago. What year was it? 80s? Early 80s? Uh, dude, I'm sorry. My Something facts like that. are scram. I'm tired. And wasn't there like 30 school children? There's a bunch. There's a bunch. Yeah, yeah, full school. Yeah. But, so she said to me, I think I'm doing it now. If you ask me, anything worth doing is worth doing now, like getting into therapy. And that's why I'm so happy that this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What can I say about the benefits of therapy? It helps me keep my relationship strong. And I, I happen to know somebody who recently got into therapy on BetterHelp, and it's the gorgeous Paul Brissy. Yeah, I did. I got into it. I, I got a therapist. It was super easy to set up. And even after a few sessions, I felt like I wasn't really clicking with her. And it was super easy for me to switch to a new one. I have this new therapist I really like, and I'm really enjoying it. I like it a lot. What are you working on? I'm working on all sorts of stuff. Uh, my relationship, kind of like what you said, like fixing the roof before it rains. Um, and then just working on myself, trying to be nicer to myself and a more successful, well-rounded human being. <laughs> There you have it. You heard it from Paul. You heard it from me. And I'm sure that you can think of a bunch of stuff that you could work on yourself. And it's never been easier. You go to betterhelp.com slash Stevo. That's betterhelp.com slash Stevo. And use the promo code Stevo for 10% off your first month. There it is. You can work on everything. You can be a better, happier, healthier version of yourself. So one more time, do it by going to betterhelp.com slash Stevo and using the promo code Stevo. Now let's get back to it. I go, what do you mean? She goes, just talking about it. Yeah. I think that was the point. Spreading the word. Spread the word. The other thing it makes me think of is that old Twilight Zone from the 60s where they find the book that the aliens had, To Serve Man was the name of the book. They translated it. And then they were working on translating what was inside of it. And they're like, oh, they're here to help us. And at the end, the famous line is, it's a cookbook. No. Dude, will you, will you text me that episode? Uh, yeah, yeah, just what you know, the title it's, of it? Like, I, to serve man. Oh, my God. I, I really hope we're not food, man. I, and by the way, you taste better than me, so go with him first, man. I just like, yeah, I don't want to be eaten by no alien. Let, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, you know, when we talk about the, the you know encounters beings and and uh, yeah. the the physical appearance seems to be uh, pretty consistent mm -hmm. where like like we we hear uh, these beings referred to as grays yeah yeah and and it's like the most stereotypical mm -hmm. like the, the big large eyes the tiny 
mouth and nose, like the little kind of elf that yeah. sort of uh, thin, like that, like that. Uh, I, I, I feel like I want to believe that that's just sort of a hokey, like bullshit stereotype. However, it would seem that like credible. There, or there's some credibility to how uh, widely consistent, consistent that, is. Yeah. that is. Where you're standing, that is the popular understanding of what the beings might look like. Is he spindly, three and a half feet to four feet, gray aliens with big wraparound eyes and big heads, very little features, as if it's a human being that's evolved without the need for speech or, or to eat the same way. Mm-hmm. Where I'm standing, I mean, in my email, like, pull it up right now. It's like it's like a slot machine of encounters. And it is not the only structural type of this visitor that I, I see everything and more under the rainbow, dude. It's, it's like beings that look just like us, eight foot tall. There's like these uh, reptilian ones that people report. This is throughout history. Right. Um, there's the mantis looking ones. There's the tall grays, the short grays. I mean, I, I was told by, by people who, who I trust have more knowledge than me that there is a cacophony of life out there just outside of our earth. And every type of kind of thing that could be created with biology has been created. And, and, and some are more advanced than others and some likely are visiting here. So I, I don't know, but you're right. Now that image was kind of popularized by like the <clears throat> encounters by Betty and Barney Hill, which is the first modern abductees, although it was happening for so long, you know, they kind of came out forward into the public. And also this guy, Whitley Strieber wrote a book, I think called uh, contact or Commun- communion, communion. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so he had that, that image on the cover. So the answer that I have to that, although I don't know if I have many answers, but it's that you're hearing something that you see in kind of the popular culture. I am being reported to on a daily basis for over a decade, a much wider variety of species of visitor. I am an untrusting person until you've earned my trust, though. I don't believe I think people can make you see shit. If I put on some kind of weird mask and roll up on you, you're going to think I'm someone else. Right. So I think there might be an element of that. And Jacques Vallée, a real deep thinker on this subject, he wrote a book and on the cover is like this masked alien that has these different, like the jester face and all this. We might be encountering what they want us to see them as. That makes sense to me. And it could be weirder than that. Yeah, I read the book uh, Project Serpo. You're, you're familiar with it? Yeah. And I was, I was convinced it was real. But when I talked to you about it last time, you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, the fantasy book. I'm like, it's a fantasy? But it's, uh, you know, I mean, how true is that? Because you talk about what Alpha Centauri and the two sons, and they had these documented people that went there. And, and it was kind of like a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy, yeah. where it, in a sense where it, they would go to these stop. That planet was like a stopping ground the entire galaxy and they describe different aliens coming in and out sometimes they look like us sometimes they look like gray sometimes they look like all different i mean are, is there any truth to any of the project serpo yeah i mean so again it's just an opinion from some bearded guy mm-hmm. right but it's like um i know some of the people involved in that era and i know that current day i have been provided evidence that i've decided to not release to the public 
because I know that it has been tainted through protection programs of like black budget programs trying to influence uh, falsehoods put forward. But they smartly, what they do is they wrap in it some truth. So when there were like the leaks of the MJ-12 documents famously back in the day in the UFO world, some of that information is accurate. So, and even today, a lot of what um, I end up obtaining I need to be very cautious that there could be some, like I recognize that program name. The public does not know that program name. Doesn't mean what I read on that page with the program name on it is real information. Mm-hmm. I have been shown what are alleged to be classified documents and indeed are classified documents. Like, you know, you could back, I could backtrack that and find out, but that doesn't mean that what's on that page is correct information. So you have to be very careful. So Project Serpo, there are elements of truth to that. I can't distinguish which ones, but there are elements. I'm just, they sent up 12 people. They I had don't a, know, yeah. bro. I don't know. I just don't know the answer to that. A- yeah. As far as uh, what aliens look like, like the way I think about it is on Earth here, intelligent life. You know, we have us shaped like this, two arms, two legs, head on top. Yeah. Then there's octopus that yeah, are man. nothing like us. And then you know, even a dolphin being a mammal looks so different than us that it seems absurd that anything coming from another planet would look anything like us. Do you know so how to do you makes know me how, think the time travel thing with the standard alien. Do you know how to feed a baby panda? Bamboo? I, I can teach you, man. You get in a panda suit and you go feed it. Oh, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, man. Mm. So I don't trust for one second, you know, the the, the look of what the true form is being hidden. Come on, man. I could put a mask on you that you can't even see close up isn't you. So I just like, the thing is with this, with the whole UFO thing is, I don't know, man. I don't know what's true from them, whoever they are. Um, I try to get things that I can sink my teeth into that we can then have a discussion about. So video evidence is great. But the big questions, we can't even start on that until our government comes clean. There was, today, just today. There was a classified briefing they were waiting for to find out, is David Grush telling you the yeah, truth? I saw the news clip. It's a big deal. And I was shocked. I'm getting some texts from, you know, s- congressional people. And they're telling me, okay, they were able to validate some stuff. They didn't completely stonewall us. Now, I haven't had those calls yet because Steve well, rolls up with you guys. But that was today. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that they got more information. But here's the rub, or not the rub. Here's the ace in the hole. The Inspector General of the United States. I know some of what you've been briefed on because I literally sent people your way instead of to Arrow and the the UFO program because I don't trust them anymore. They got a new director. He could be good. Let's find out. Sean Kirkpatrick didn't, you know, he obfuscated to the American public, but the new director really hope that he's a good guy. Here he is. I sent people to the ICIG encourage them to fill out whistleblower complaints, direct eyewitnesses who work on these programs. I know that that individual is briefed on them. So in that conversation that he just had today, I'm hoping he did offer some of that truth. Cause if not these people, they're locked, they're ready. They're done, done with being oppressed with this shit. And they're going to come forward. So I really hope that information is being presented properly to Congress. Oh, that sounded like a threat. Oh, shit. I'm full of threats, man. <laughs> but really, like, I'm a teddy bear. I, like, make a threat and walk away. Like, right. I don't want to fight, you know? Um, the, uh, the the Tubi series, um, like, yeah. one thing that really, really kind of moved me a little bit was um, 
the people who have had encounters. I don't want to classify them as alien abductions, but people who have been visited by beings. Yeah, yeah, I saw that part. I, I did yeah. see that. It was very cool. Yeah, people who have been visited by beings. It's the guy, and, Jay. Right, yeah. and and they feel like they can't, they can't share this with anybody because because they're going to be uh, labeled as crazy. They might lose their job. They might, sure. they, they, they might, you know, get divorced or whatever. Like they just feel like there, there's a sadness about having this experience that you can't share honestly. And, um, that, that what in that section of the show, they talked about again, like the, the consistency of the accounts yeah. yes. of all of these visits. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I want to ask, like, what what do you consider uh, the most credible, like, kind of official uh, account of sure. one of these visits? Uh, I mean, so there's the Betty and Barney Hill case, which is really powerful, incredible. If you really understand why, um, that, that, how that came out, why it came out, I find that to be a very, very credible case with physical evidence and, and radar and all this stuff. Travis Walton. And that would be my second one is Travis Walton. And he has this incredible account. Look, his friends were looking at going to jail. They thought they, that, that they killed him when he was missing. And he was missing for a number of days. He pops back up. Now, not everything about Travis do I know to be true, but I that event is the most kind of fascinating as one that I would say you should really look at. Travis Walton, Betty and Barney Hill. But I mean, I get... Wait, wait knows, Betty and Barney were their names? Was that before yeah. the Flintstones? And that's yeah. why the Flintstones were named <laughs> This that? ain't the Jetsons, man. Yeah, it's Flintstones. But it, it's interesting because like... Wait a second. Betty and Barney, Barney Hill. <laughs> well, no, I'm wondering which came first, like Chicken of the Egg. I don't know. Well, Bet, no, they're, the they're actual the names. The, was it in the 50s or something? Yeah. So look, uh, yeah, right then there they came first. Yeah, Betty and Barney Hill is. So they must have. That must have been a little like nod to that in the cartoon. And Betty eventually, and an alien did visit the cartoon. The, I can't remember that little. Look, you got some weird ass memory. You tell me all <laughs> these cool things. I don't know. You got to inform me, man. Why have you not been informing me of well, these cool things? All the TV shows that had an alien buddy, like Mork from Ork or. Alf or um, my favorite Martian and even like I dream a genie. I always felt like she was possibly an alien. Well, E.T. E.T. Yeah. And every single time they got to hide the alien. Yeah, they got to hide. Yeah. On their own, just their own personal choice. They're like, this is only for me. Well, look, if, if I'm going to slip. So like documentaries, like I'm reading here actually on the screen, like Zeta Reticuli incident. That's, that's super interesting because there are things that repeat themselves. So like even Bob Lazar, if you go back to like kind of my gateway drug into UFOs was this guy, Bob Lazar. So I, I made this movie, Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers. And I'm, I'm proud of that movie because for me, it took many years, but what it was, was me trying to get to the truth on this. Is this guy a liar or is he telling it as it is? Uh, I can tell you now, I know that he is telling it as it is. Mm -hmm. What he's saying to you is, accurate correct and true it happened to him he was shown a bunch of stuff about the aliens like in like right written form so he's really good about it he's like i put my hands on the propulsion system i know that's real now they told me a bunch of stuff and they showed me documents with a bunch of stuff he goes it's words on paper jeremy i i, I don't know but this is what they told me 
one of the things they told him was that these beings that made these craft, and he gave them cool names like, uh, not Spaghetti Monster, he gave them names like the Sport Model. That's the one he worked on. They told him that was from Zeta Reticuli and, and the exact, and the exact uh, planet of that star system. Right, so I just saw with the Betty and Barney Hill. I guess they mentioned Zeta Reticuli. So that's a common theme. Yeah, I fucked up. Project Serpo was Zeta Reticuli as well. Really? Yeah. yeah so there's there's oftentimes disinformation with real information. I've noticed that. Like, so not to be cruel, but like, hey, you intelligence agents, I know who you are. People contact me, and they'll give me a good piece of information, real, legitimate, mm-hmm. like a source. Then I come to find out what agencies they work for, whatnot. I use my spies. And, and it turns out they start trying to feed me false information. So that's the game that's always played. The best way to get you to believe something fake is to seed it with real information, too. Yeah, but like, even with the Travis Walton story, they all passed the lie detector like five separate times. Yeah, man. So, like... Yeah, but those things, you just put a tack in your shoe. Is that true? I mean, that's I don't know. I wouldn't know. I got one I've been practicing on for like two years. But <laughs> I don't know. Do you have a lot of people reaching out to you that are just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and... You have to filter them out like predominantly sure. besides my family who are the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, man. You, you know, look, UFOs and the subject is so big. It draws in the the crazy or draws out the crazy from people. We all want to believe something. Right. So, of course, man. But I, I don't want to like shit on it and, and people like I enjoy getting the descriptions, whether I believe them or not, or can prove them or not. I really do enjoy hearing what people have experienced. Of course, there's a wide range. I mean, sometimes I've referred people to medical uh, people wow. it, like in a nice, like I have people like at a major university who want to study individuals that have delusions about the UFO phenomenon compared to real events yeah. to see why that's a popular culture thing. There's a university, a major university that's doing that. And so I'll push people to them <laughs> when appropriate. Yeah, 5150, wow. these people. <laughs> I don't do anything. I just don't answer emails. I thought it was a, a pretty uh, major claim that the government um, prioritizes UAP yeah. more than weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Like, they consider, uh, you know, alien activity to be a bigger threat than nuclear war. Well, those the nuclear warheads have been disarmed by <coughs> correct by aliens. So yeah, I mean that puts them above. Yeah, the, the, we've, we've we've had you said that we the that uh, our nuclear programs have been turned off and turned on. Yeah, by both in Russia and the United States. Maelstrom Air Force Base in the United States, uh, multiple bases in the 60s, and Russia, George Knapp smuggled documents back, can never go back to Russia, George, uh, from the UFO programs during Glasnost and Perestroika in the early 90s. And I believe we did cover this the first time we spoke with you uh, to some degree, but we asked um, the making of, like the Oppenheimer, the the atom bomb, and and, and I think we, we... asked whether a UAP phenomena kicked up yeah. when we got, maybe it, even kicked off when, when we got into Kicked the, up, not kicked off, yeah. Okay. Well, well they started they realizing Los Alamos, right, where he was making the bomb, right? And that's where the... Roswell. 
1947 crash was in the paper in New Mexico? Since the beginning of the atomic program, the influx of observation by UAP or UFOs uh, has increased. Obviously, we have very powerful weapons that could destroy the Earth. Maybe the Earth is precious. Maybe that's why the kids get that message. Maybe that's why we get an influx of UFOs. Maybe that's why they show us they can turn on or off as a display of power our nuclear weapons so that we don't fuck up and light the match. That really kind of checks out with me because like it seems evident that there's nothing hostile about the the UAP overtly hostile I agree right because if they wanted to kick our ass they would then we have no no way to defend even the government seems to acknowledge that and so the idea of earth being precious and them wanting to preserve the earth uh, would would seem the most likely or were containers like you don't go and beat up your cattle before you eat them. So, so right. I'm just saying there's two. I don't know the answer. Right. I'm saying there's two sides of the coin. I lean with you. I'm an optimist. I kind of lean with you. Yeah. They want to fuck us up. They fuck us up. However, we don't really know the intent, and so you just have to be open to the. And that, I get it. That's the military's point of view too. They could be our creators. They could be <laughs> essentially our god, and they're or their little experiment, or yeah. they're just like a kid. And this is their little like guinea pig cage. Okay, let me ask you this: um, the speculation that it was aliens who built the pyramids, yeah, who did built Stonehenge. Who we talked about that on the last episode. Yeah. I remember I'm kind of like not as knowledgeable in that, or don't feel like you know I speak from personal um, opinion. But I I will say this: even without the ancient history. Modern day history. George Knapp and I did an episode on weaponized. He got this guy who wrote um, The Day After Roswell. And it was an old timer who checked out and he did have the roles he did. And he said he seeded our industry with technology from the UFOs. I really believe that. Yeah, that was his claim. What seeded means? Seeded means like you propagate it to private industry. Like, come on, 150 years ago we didn't have anything. And now look at us. There's That's such a short amount of time for how much technology we've just suddenly... Like and then there'd right. be like one guy like in, you know like Tesla invents all this <coughs> stuff or I think they just implant it into these people and they're like oh just give that person and he'll spread the word to the rest of humanity and they'll have some more technology I I don't know but That's what, what I, I yeah no and I I I think it's a really cool fucking idea and and here's the here's the deal though like even without ancient stuff even without pyramids and all that and like although it is pretty suspect the idea if that you there's pyramids these, in Africa and in South America don't get Mexico. me started cuz this is not my thing but yeah like i you know it's a it's a subject yeah, to talk about there's something going on there but we don't even have to look back to ancient times right if we understand with Colonel Corso and what he reported to us when he was running these programs was that they seeded or put this in this technology Got into it. industry now the thing is we can look at modern day we know our United States government with a joint allied group of foreign materials program called the Five Eyes Foreign Materials Program are reverse engineering UFO technology. We know they are doing that. So now there's there's a supportive document and I mean, look into that foreign materials program from the Five Eyes, right? So if we are reverse engineering and the DIA is reverse engineering this shit and other corporations like Lockheed Martin are and BAE and all these companies, if they're doing it, then they are definitely getting derivative technologies to bring even into the skins of our stealth craft or whatever. So they're doing it now. We can look to the pyramids. It's being done now. What is that? What was he talking about on the yeah. uh, uh, on the show? I think it was episode one where he's 
He was saying, yeah, if you look at the moon, there's that crater and there's a six mile high antenna. Oh, you're talking about John Lear. What the fuck? Yeah. Is that real? So you got a glimpse into the craziness that I started in to get involved with UFOs in episode one. You saw episode one? Yep. Okay, so when they're talking about my life. That's Learjet, John Lear. Yeah, they say, well, I think they kind of say, like, Jeremy kind of started, you know, doing with this guy, John Lear, filming with this Mm -hmm. guy. So this is the son of William P. Lear. William P. Lear was the inventor of the eight-track uh, cassette tape or stereo. He, uh, Motorola is a company that was built off of his company. Um, he invented the Learjet, and his dad was a force of nature. And he also was involved with UFO stuff. But his son John kind of was the disinherited son. Like the will, I read the will. It was like basically his dad gave him a can of dog food when he died. And every line says, except for John Lear. Like, so everybody gets this, except for John Lear. They didn't have a good relationship. But John Lear is the most wild bastard I ever met. I, I, I loved him like a family member. I started filming about UFOs thinking he's my gateway drug. He's the way for me to get in, right? Um, at the end of his life, he, he and I, he disliked me very much, and I still loved him. Um, he was a wild man, though. And so that's how I got started. And he told me a bunch of stuff. And no, most of it's complete fucking nonsense. He talked about like, you know, however many 98 races on the surface of the sun. I mean, it was almost like he's testing you to see if you're a total idiot. Mm -hmm. But some of the stuff he told me checked out and validated. It's like if you have no filter and everybody gives you UFO stuff because you're John Lear, you know, the son of William P. Lear, and you don't have a filter and you spew it all out at people. He did that to me. And what I got over all those years of filming with him is certain things that I found out were true. And, and like like Bob Lazar's employment at Site 4, reverse engineering UFOs. So a lot of the leads that I got were great. But that's what you see in episode one of the 2B series is kind of how I started into the UFO thing with that guy, John Lear, the godfather of conspiracy. You know, <laughs> with, with John Lear, um, why did he you know sour on you near the end of his life? Did you expose him or something? Or No, I didn't expose him. I, I loved him. I, I cared for him. Um, he, I Ultimately, the truth of the matter is that his family made it completely impossible for me to make the film after I think he like ended up signing something on a napkin after I had set up my whole years of filming with him, giving all the rights to a family member who had then trying to extort me. I mean, it was like ridiculous. I just pieced out on that. So I think he really wanted me to make the movie on him and I ended up making it on Bob Lazar. But that's because he made it impossible for me to make the movie on him. Got it. Yeah. I, I did care for him and there's a lot of kind of, you know, he, he'll, he was kind of pissed at the end, but like, you know, we, we had a run together. And the, so I, I think we left on okay terms when he died. Yeah. Um, if aliens are trying to protect the earth, are they doing a pretty bad job? <laughs> <laughs> We're still here. <clears throat> right. But, um, does it feel like, uh, you know, like World War Three, like crazy, like just kind of imminent stuff? And, and uh, the the fact of the the one thing being filmed in Iraq, like mm-hmm. Iraq was like the River Tigris and Euphrates, like the first civilization, mm-hmm. Sumeria, like, and then it's Iraq, like that's wow. like a major like hub of, we're, we're, of that. we're seeing them everywhere the, the reason why uh, like the Baghdad phantom I put out from Iraq the Mosul orb from Iraq 
and then also this one, the jellyfish, right? Uh, there's one I also later in the series called the chandelier I release, and that's over the Persian Gulf. So in that area, the reason you're just seeing a lot is because those are active conflict zones with a lot of monitoring systems. And then that is current. And so a lot of that stuff comes to me and I feel comfortable releasing that. But there is footage from even within. So this will mess you up. And I think I mentioned the series. The reason I took the jellyfish UFO seriously is because I have direct firsthand knowledge of a video from Pantex. I think that's in Texas. It's one of our nuclear armament and disarmament facilities. One of the most secretive facilities we have in a lot of ways of a jellyfish UFO, jellyfish morphology UFO, coming in down between the nuclear silos, making a pass through like a corridor and then popping up and shooting off at 45 degrees with instantaneous movement. So I was already attuned to the idea that this shape of UFO moving and seemingly doing some sort of surveillance or reconnaissance mm -hmm. of military bases is something that has happened <clears throat> recently and in many places. So you're just hearing about Iraq you know, because, because that's where we have the capability of documenting it. Right, not only that, but they're also there to check it out. The aliens are looking at it, right, and right, we have right. the capability whoever to these them, things are. Else. But yeah. also remember, I released so 2004 Tic Tac UFO that was west coast of California. 2015 Gimbal and GoFast that was east coast. I have reports that I, I actually talked about it. It was a uh, in uh, off the coast of Japan, the South Asian Sea, swarms of UFOs. I released radar thermal infrared and deck footage from 2019 with 10 warships being swarmed simultaneously by over 100 ufos i provided all of that footage it was confirmed by the pentagon so man look it's happening everywhere all the time all around you you know, you know just just hearing you say those things it makes me realize a lot of them sound like they're around big bodies of water is that is are there more UFO sightings? USOs, dog. Yeah, dog. USOs. Um, but not the only ones. But I'm talking about yeah. either above or below the surface of the USOs, ocean. dog. There's a there's a there's I'm a, just a saying, is there more yeah activity near coastal areas. There's a preposterous preponderance of reports showing that the water is really important when it comes to. The um, maybe maybe that's where they go. Okay, let's just try this. Maybe that's where they go to chill. Now let, let me Sounds say why. Reasonable. Think it's so simple. I mean, people have talked about this. It's not a new idea. But if you are going between star systems and planets, right? You have to worry about what, like heat and pressure and atmosphere, right? So you got some craft. What is going to be the same anywhere in the galaxy? Pretty much the same. If you have liquid water, it has to be within a very narrow temperature. Yeah. And there's going to be a very narrow amount of pressure depending on the depth of that water. So if I was a spacefaring civilization visiting other planets, I would look for water mix. Sweet. Let's go park our craft there. We know the temperature. We know the pressure. So that could be why water has always played a role in lakes and oceans. And they are absolutely reported coming in and out wow. of the water all the time. But they're also in their, our skies. They're also <clears throat> in space. We have great high fidelity satellite video and imagery of ufos full craft and full ship that are not released to the public but do exist captured by our satellites when neil armstrong came back from the moon i yeah. mean i know there's gonna be so many people that are shitting on this but like there is that like recording of buzz aldrin and neil armstrong they saw that thing that was following them and they were like disgusting internally like dude how, what the fuck are we even going to say you know what I'm talking about? I, I have an astronaut story, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
there's a lot of both Russian and U.S. astronauts who have contacted me directly, and some are public about what it is they've, they've talked about. Some of recordings have been leaked. Some of it's fake on the Internet. Some of the things are fake. Um, I will say this. I spent a lot of time with a sixth man who walked on the moon. His name is Dr. Edgar Mitchell. And before he died, uh, I filmed with him the last filming anybody ever did with him. I did three days with him. I, and we, I traveled with him for a little bit. There he is. Uh, this dude was, th that's how we know about the, the Wilson Davo Davis memo, which you guys like is too nerdy to get into, but this is a guy that knew and with it beyond a shadow of a doubt, he was informed on UFO reverse engineering programs straight up. Yes. Astronauts will maybe sometimes see things, but I don't know. I wasn't there, but I've heard yeah. the same thing as you. Yeah. My friend's a pilot for a major airlines and I'm like, don't, don't you, you're probably, you probably see aliens sometimes or something or something that looks like it. He's like, no, we have the shades down most of the time. Yeah. Except all the pilots calling me now have started buying GoPros and sticking them on their windows oh, wow. because yeah. I have video footage from pilots over the last three months of the most anomalous shit moving in front of them that they have gotten. So they were like, we need sensor packages, call Bob Lazar, ask him what we need to put. Cause he's like, and like personal, for their personal use. Yeah. See, there's a, there's a dirty little space here, which is that, are they going to be in trouble filming out the window while they're flying? These are commercial airline yeah. pilots. So we're trying to figure out what the legality is of that. And some people say like my buddy, Ryan Graves runs that, you know, aerospace or, you know, safety flight thing when mm -hmm. it comes to aviation and they got this cool reporting system they're putting together. Are they going to get in trouble? Because you can hear what flight they're on. And I have tons of video. We're just trying to decide, can we put it out to be analyzed? I mean, I'll show it to you. It's, Tons of video from different pilots all around the I United States and the that. world. Wh it's who crazy. do you talk to about that? You talk to a, a, a aerospace lawyer? Like I know. I know. Who, who? The FAA. Not they, even. They have dude. to. Yeah. Policy <coughs> has to change or they should just put cameras on all flights and feed them live right into the cockpit. And also to everybody that's sitting there. Imagine that you want to see UFOs. I would get on a flight if an airline advertised Galactic Federation flights. Here we go. You're going to have in front of you six camera view all around the plane look for ufos while you're on our flight yeah, to brazil cool. i mean it'd be so cool well watching <laughs> yeah, yeah. <man. laughs> that would be cool yeah, yeah. is all there right. any other speculation that maybe there is life on mars i was thinking about that when you're talking about the water because yeah. they say that there's probably was water back at one point in history and, yeah but i haven't really heard much lately about people it used to be all the time martians yeah don't hear martians. That very much. and maybe the visitors were trying to play us on that and venusians right but um i will send you a document that uh, that uh is public it was by the cia that will really blow your mind about that so you remind right, me i'll, I'll text it to up. you yeah. thanks the um reverse engineering it, like if the technology is so advanced like, is there any hope for accomplishing anything, trying to reverse engineer it? And does anybody running these reverse engineering programs have any idea of what they're actually, like, aiming at? Yeah. And, uh, you know, like you say, it's game over, whoever does it first. But, like, yeah. does, does anybody even know what the, what the goal is? Yeah, the goal is to uh, up our game with material science so we can create what they call metamaterials, which are like alloys that have a, a different effect in their environments when you when they're man-made or human-made or made by an intelligence. I've got an example in my house I, I can show you and you can feel a physical effect 
It's really pretty wild. It's called graphene. What they're trying to do is get the material science to the level where we could duplicate the not only the engines of these machines, the technology, because we understand how they work pretty much, but gravity propulsion. Yeah, that's the everybody believes it, that's how it is, but matter is the only thing that produces gravity as, as far as we know it, or shows us the effects of gravity. But these uh, reportedly actually produce gravity. That's what Bob Lazar said back in the day. Hmm. And produce energy, too. Like, it was speculated yeah. in the uh, series that if if we do manage the reverse uh, engineering, if we do kind of uh, get uh, capable on the level of this thing, then all of a sudden, like, oil is no longer needed. Like, energy, yeah. like, like uh, the producing energy without without issue and then so like that poses a threat to the whole fossil fuel industry to the yeah i've heard that i've heard that for a long time and i don't think society has the infrastructure to immediately change to a new form of energy we'd have to be able to replicate the devices to create this maybe it's not just a principle of the universe but it's also a material science challenge so i don't think the world would change immediately i don't think that's why there's secrecy oh throw down industry are you kidding me They'd look at that. They'd be like, oh, yeah, let's make money on that. So there would be a way to monetize it. Now, people would disagree with me for sure. A lot of people disagree with me that, that we have reverse engineered UFOs, people say. I'm like, cool, man, show me one. So I don't know how far we've gotten. Bob Lazar said we couldn't get anywhere. Everybody I've ever talked to said we can barely get anywhere on this because we can't reproduce the physical materials. However, one day we will. One day we will be able to. And then we'll see how it changes industry. All right. What are the next steps with the government? Do we have any more big hearings coming up? Are they going to release more than nine pages of, uh, of yeah. anything? like? Right. That one today, right? There's the one today, today was big, apparently. I haven't talked to everybody that yeah. was there, but there was some information. You know, look, it's, it's baby steps, man. This doesn't like, I wish I could kick open the door and there you go. Even just putting out new footage, it's baby steps, controversy, but... What is the hope, Steve-O? I mean, that's the deal, right? What's the hope? I can tell you for sure that it's going to be easy way or hard way, meaning I would like to see the slow process of the National Defense Authorization Act. They, they have some things in place now for UFOs. I'd like to see it work that way for people to go to the Inspector General of Intelligence, for people to be protected, for NASA to catch up. They're not even allowed to study classified stuff. They have to only use public domain stuff. I would like to see this happen in a controlled manner, but an uncontrolled manner, the hard way, might be the other option. And what I mean by that is more leaks of videos that are even higher fidelity, more people coming forward that will risk their positions in current jobs and agencies or even their pensions or even their clearances, and they'll put it on the line and they'll talk right in front to Congress in open congressional hearings, all of that, all of that is going to happen if our intelligence agencies and our the gatekeepers of this information don't provide a, a, a legitimate, legal, and safe process for people to bring this information forward. People are frustrated, and I'll tell you that for sure. So easy way or hard way, it's going to happen. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but it's not going to take forever. And, and you know, I already know because people are... They're ready. I've actually recorded with folks, you know, that I will put that out when they say I can. So yeah. it, it's coming, man. You know, Good. whatever this is, and we'll figure it out. Okay. We'll adapt. Last question. <laughs> um, d 
did Mexico acknowledge that their big reveal of their little Mexican yeah. uh, <laughs> aliens that like it was uh, lackluster, right? Was it? I mean, they it had was, the alien was, bodies. Like, like, just, just, what was your like? What's the final word on that? Like, okay, they, fi- finish episode two. They blew it. Finish episode okay, two. Finish episode so yes, yeah, so you've watched uh, episode one and half of episode I'm, two. I'm close to the end of episode two. Okay, I think that they go through what I think I make some strong words about that, mm-hmm. and you know we'll see how that goes. Uh, episode three, I, I can't wait for you to see because okay. I show. Um, the, the chandelier UAP are completely different from from these classified archives. From what I understand, um, this this other strange uh, image from a video. So so here's the deal: watch the series. I do a bad job because it's just I I don't I didn't even watch it myself in fully yet. But it, you know on Tubi, watch it because that th- that third episode there's another bombshell and we do get into that Mexico alien thing. Yeah, but they they two. get well into it in episode they do. two. Yeah, yeah. I I read. I haven't watched that whole thing yet, but I read on. Read it where someone was had just watched it and they said it was so satisfying how um, the Mexican mummy aliens were dealt with. Were dealt with, yeah, because yeah, we want to be happy. like you clear. really you did the did it justice. Nice, and, and that's yeah. you know I, I think uh, Ryan Graves was there and I think it was like he was um, kind of shocked. He said I felt punked. Yeah, and, uh, I, I saw that part. I don't, yeah, um, I, I, my question was um, has the Mexican government acknowledged like have they said. Uh, our bad. Okay, but 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 remember, it's not the Mexican government putting it out. It's UFO uh, researchers that are. You know, uh, okay. Look, I'll, I'll give you the skinny on this that I haven't said before ever, which is that I was approached many many years ago to be like the face of the mummies. I'm like, who the fuck are you? I'm like, what are you talking about? So look, I don't know, dude. I haven't done analysis, but let me tell you, it doesn't look like tasty cake. Here's the deal. There's other things we should be focusing on, and those things are real, and they're happening now. You look at, at the news and Senate and Congress. You see what's going on. The language that was put forward to rip out control of these UFO programs from, from, from the people that are holding it, that's real, and that was informed. And it didn't pass completely how we wanted, but it, they wrote it, and they wrote it for a reason. So we are now in a new age where we can have this conversation, and some people laugh. They, maybe they just don't get it. We're seeing things like this. But ultimately, um, the stuff I'm putting out, I hope, moves the needle forward. This conversation will be different, you know, in six months, eight months than we're having right now because I know certain things are coming. And there's going to be more people like David Grush, and David Grush will expand on what he said and, and what he can testify to. So it's it's exciting times to be a human being For on sure. planet Earth, right? Yeah. <laughs> what is there that just everyday people like us could do to push <clears throat> forward and get more things revealed is there something that we can do to help yeah man we are all everyday people we're all doing this just because people call me doesn't mean that other people don't have power man you know what you do is you get loud you ask questions you ask for reports um you know if you find somebody that's got something really interesting send it to me if you know people in the military that are having encounters and you know they, they can i am I am able to receive anything from anybody. So what people can do is they can talk about it. They can normalize it. They can reduce the stigma. And most importantly, they can just pay attention. If you pay attention with an open mind, you'll see what's going on. It is deep what's happening. And so I think that's the number one thing. We need to bring this into pop culture in a way where we're having the right conversation. All right. Yeah. Well, dude. It's been a wild ride, dude. It, 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 it's, it's an epic wild ride, dude. I love you, bro. And you, uh, Thank you. dude, your first episode was such a crusher, man. I, nice, I, man. I hope this one uh, gets as much love. Yeah, man. Well, now, now we're talking about more, so people should definitely watch this one. 
Yeah. Thanks for letting me Thank be you. a part of it too. This is awesome. Yeah, dude, you nice were to great, meet babe. You. Yeah. I love yeah. you, bro. Love yeah. you too. Thank All you. Right, great man. Right on, guys. Yeah. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the triumphant return of the great Jeremy Corbell. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. And I'd like to point out that after the first episode we did with him, I thought, man, that's the greatest job I ever did as the host of the Wild Ride podcast. And sure enough, I saw some comment about how I totally blew it. And I went and wrote like a big thoughtful response to this person. I thought, man, you know what? Here's the thing. You can never make everybody happy. You can't. And uh, like I said at the beginning of this episode, caught a lot of flack, a lot of negative feedback for our previous episode, the one about Cat Williams and Aaron Rodgers. And again, man, like we got it wrong, okay? We got it wrong. Got a lot of negative feedback. Um, Yeah, we admitted we got it wrong, and you move on. I'm happy to report I lost no sleep over it. Didn't even change the title. And so I leave that with you this week. Remember, you're never going to make everybody happy. Like, try to be the best you you can. Admit when you're wrong. Improve from it. But don't let the bastards get you down. Yeah. (laughs) I love you guys.